You're listening to the Busy Business Women podcast, episode 55. And today we're talking all about how to succeed in a dying industry with multi-international award-winning mentor, author, international speaker, and founder of the magazine YMAG, Shah Moore. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Business Women podcast. Hey ladies, Faye Hollands here and thank you so much for joining me today and tuning into another fabulous episode of the Busy Business Women podcast. I have a real treat for you today. I am, as always, just a little bit excited, so I'll try and rein myself in. Now, I don't know about you, but I love hearing those stories of where women have turned adversity on its head and succeeded in business and in life. And Shah Moore is certainly a shining example of doing exactly that. She's gone from being engaged 11 years old and not finishing school to an inspirational businesswoman who helps other women in business gain national exposure and grow their own profile so they can have greater impact in this world. And if you've been following me for a while, you'll know I'm a little bit obsessed with impact in this world. So I'm very, very excited to welcome the wonderful and very colourful Shah Moore onto the show. Shah, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Colourful in outfit and personality, I might add. Thanks for having me on the show today, Faye. It's a pleasure. You bring such great energy. We just had a little chat beforehand and I am genuinely like really excited about this. So uh, listeners, if you haven't yet, you can head over to the show notes and check out the video as well because when Shah says she's colourful, she absolutely is. I thought I did colour a treat, but she is rocking it today. So go and watch the YouTube video too, but we'll get stuck into the podcast right now. Now, I've got so many questions I want to ask you, and I know just from our brief chat before we started that I'm going to think of a whole load more. So let's just crack straight in uh, so I can, you know, get all of the juice out of you on your wonderful business journey. So you've got a very untraditional story and a very big why behind why you do what you do in business, right? So let's go back a bit to when you were 11, because my intro is going to make people instantly want to know the story behind that, right? So at 11 years old, you got engaged and you didn't finish school. And you know, that's a lot of shock and horror for a lot of people. That is not the traditional path for many, right? Thankfully, I think. So can you tell me how you went from a very dramatic early start in life to now being an award-winning entrepreneur who's been in business for 15 years, which is more than most people ever make in business, right? Absolutely. Thanks for that, Faye. And it's a great question. And I do get asked that a lot, like, how did you go from that to this? And I think, you know, to to summarise it, of course, there's been a number of different things that uh, I've had to do and go through in my own life to, to be the person I am today. And no one's a finished product, me included. So I think if I could summarise it, Faye, it would be when I realised that all of that stuff that happened from 11 to 15 and a half until my stepfather who raised me from the age of four found out about the situation and asked me that the most pivotal question of my life was, is this what you want? When I realised that that was that moment I could choose my future, I decided as I matured through it and stopped playing victim, which I did for many years, I got a T-shirt with it even, uh, I realised that you can't let your past dictate your future. 
And you really have to try and tap into what's the bigger reason you're here. I speak to women every day of the week for our magazine and and you, you can tell the people that just think they're here to grind in their working day mm. and pay the bills, do the washing, wash the clothes and do it all again until we die. And I think the moment that I can help someone realise and maybe one person on your show, Faye, will just hear this, you're here to share your soul's fingerprint with the world. And I don't mean the entire world. I just mean the world that you're meant to impact. People place too much pressure on themselves trying to be everything to everyone. I'm loud. I'm cheeky. I'm colourful. I'm serious when I'm working with clients and and our magazine people, and that's not for everyone, and that's wonderful Mm -hmm. because I know the women that I'm meant to impact with my soul's fingerprint get it. So you just have to tap into Keep asking the questions and what your why is. That's been the turning point. That's when I realised this is not about me. It's not about me. It's about me understanding my gifts and my soul's fingerprint, your genius zone, whatever you want to call it, and learning how to share that with the world. So do you feel like you were able to make that choice and I suppose be so that mature in your thinking at 15 and a half. When did this come about? Because I know, just to give you a bit of backstory, my, my other business that I run and have run for over a decade is career coaching. And so when you talk about your soul's purpose and making those choices, I've been having those conversations too with women for a very long time. And I think a lot of people feel very stuck. And when we talk about finding your purpose and your passion, discovering your why, it sounds really big and airy fairy because to some people it's just so disconnected from where they're at and I get it I'm on the same page as you like you absolutely can get in that position where you're doing something that you have so much purpose behind but to people who don't have that it's a massive quantum leap right do you feel like you had that thinking at such an early age or how did you evolve to make that choice yeah, great question, Faye. And no, I did not have that thinking at 15 and a half. What I realised was I watched a lot of my friends choosing career paths, choosing partners and boyfriends, choosing to go out to the movies. They had freedom of choice because mm-hmm. their parents allowed that. So I didn't know that or I didn't have all of that wisdom at 15 and a half. But what I did realise was in this moment when my dad asked me that question, I realised that I could live the life that was destined through traditional 5,000-odd-year traditions that was placed on me when I was born or maybe I could make some choices by myself. And as scary as that was, but literally with a snap of the fingers, I just uttered the word no and it allowed me to then let my life unfold. Have I done it all right? I don't think anyone has and me included. But it's allowed me to learn and uncover along the way who I am and my value and my worth and the people that I'm meant to serve. So I think we all have pivotal moments in our life and it's what we learn from them. Mm -hmm. I went through another pivotal moment. I've been through many, like I think all of us, but when I went broke to BMW after the Queensland floods, uh, you know, being an Indian girl, being told you're not good enough, you're worthless, your only purpose is to marry someone and have children, that's all you're good at. So when I was facing bankruptcy after launching two retail businesses that were indirectly affected by the floods, I I laid on the bathroom floor at 2am and I just, I cried, I feel like I cried years of tears for every girl that was ever in my situation. Mm. And 
in that moment I got up and I realised that if I stayed on that bathroom floor and felt like a failure and believed all the words that had been told to me, the girls that we help in India that are underprivileged girls to go to school and get an education would, would stay on the streets. Mm-hmm. And my why got me up off the floor literally instantly and from there everything else has kind of snowballed out. Oh, my gosh, my head's spinning with the amount of questions I want to ask you. So let's just take a step back to Fashion Boutique, okay, because I want to know about the women that you're supporting in India as well. But first of all, the Fashion Boutique that you were running in Brisbane, was that your first step into being a business owner or were you doing something before then? No, so we uh, we took our children. So once you, ladies will get this, when you come off a diet, I know about anyone else, but I run up to the closest donut shop. So when we're being starved of something that we we really want to have, when we're then allowed to have it, we just go and consume it. So I'd been told and sheltered and all the things I couldn't do and wasn't allowed to do, I was spoken for and so on. So, of course, when I started to live my life, fortunately I met my now husband uh, at at 18. I started my first job. And, uh, you know, we've been together 28 years now, married. So I said to him, I want to go live every bit of the world that's out there. So we took our our children, two boys at the time, and went and lived in Thailand. And uh, I started working in the hotel industry, uh, was pre-opening team for one of the large hotel brands. I then fell into the spa industry and just found my groove. I got headhunted by a large company who ran the largest group of spas in Thailand and I ended up being operations manager for them. And then we moved to the Middle East and my husband was, you know, working in the industrial sector and he got taken around the world so we kind of followed. And I opened my own day spa in the desert uh, in the Middle East in a dead-end street in a residential area where no one would find me, ignored all the (laughs) things about location, location, because I knew here in my gut that so if you're listening or watching to this and you know in your gut that something is going to work because you just believe it with every fibre, follow it. Because I opened this day spa in a dead-end street in a residential area where no one would find us and we were told and laughed at that it was ridiculous. Uh, We'd never work. And uh, within eight months of opening, we were fully booked with a six-week waiting list at all times. Uh, It just went off. So then we got back to Australia as our boys were getting older and that's when I launched the Fashion Boutique. I still had a, a, a burning desire to help women be the best version of themselves and I'd done what I could do in the spa industry. We, we ended up opening one for Etihad Airways as well under my brand name so I couldn't really top that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when I opened the boutique and a style studio. So I became an image consultant and had a, a high-end fashion boutique next to a chicken shop in a little village in the Bayside of Brisbane. Again, didn't matter where we were. <laughs> I just knew how to market people through the door. And then the floods came through and that's when I was like, wow, okay, things can turn like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you see, you've been through something that, you know, a lot of people haven't. You talked about facing bankruptcy yeah, that's a situation that would floor most people. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to come back from that. I think being your own boss can be a tough gig anyway. And then going through something as traumatic as that would make a lot of people kind of lose their motivation and get up and go. How did you find that again and pick yourself up and keep going? And I think also as we're talking, you're clearly that kind of person, but still that's a difficult loss to, to handle. Oh, look, it is. And I, and I think that anyone that's ever said anything to you that 
is tall poppy or cuts you down or, or tells you you can't. And when my, my pet hate is when we should all over people. Yeah. You, know, you should have done this. You should have. No. I have a bang along which you can't see, which is our hashtag for our magazine. It's hashtag just do you. Mm-hmm. And I always encourage people, just do you what feels right. And uh, so it was in that, that mix of laying on the bathroom floor and realising that maybe all those people who told me that I was just an Indian girl, didn't have an education, I should have just married and had children because clearly that's all I'm good at because clearly I made the rain fall out of the sky and I made the rainwaters wash through Morton Bay and, you know, dissipate the road that took people. Clearly I did all of that. So when we're in that moment, don't think that anyone you see on social media or on a glossy magazine or anything hasn't gone through adversity. The mm-hmm. difference between you and I, Faye, is we get up one more time. Yeah. And it's because we know why we do what we do. It's the biggest driver you'll ever have. I say when I speak on stages that your fear is here because it's so linked to us and it often sits in our throat. Your why mm-hmm. has to be out here. It has to be something that you can, it's constantly bigger than your fears. And if it's not, a lot of women I ask, uh, so what's your why? I get off a stage and they're busting to tell me, oh, it's for my children. I adore my three kids. I've got two grandkids as well. My why is not for them. (laughs) We're not born to be a carer for the people we love. We're actually, each one of us has an individual soul's fingerprint, like our own fingerprint. It's unique. Mm -hmm. Our soul's fingerprint is as unique and we are the only ones with it. And if we don't do anything with unwrapping our gifts while we're here, they die with us because they were only given to us. So when you find that, it doesn't matter what gets thrown at you. Don't think when you find that life becomes a breeze. No. Mm. I've been around this game long enough now in different industries and different countries and I've mentored hundreds of women and I can tell you it doesn't mean when you find it it's just like smooth sailing all the way to the, the harbour. It doesn't work like that. You have to work on it all the time and that's where your mentoring work like you do and coaching is so important. Uh, you cannot get through this journey without a mentor or a coach. That's my two cents. <laughs> yes, so speaking my language, exactly. <laughs> All right. So you're talking about the why, like it really resonates with me. You really made me smile about, you know, your why is not your kids because I I do really want to show my daughters that they can do anything they set their heart to and that women can be so successful in business. Uh, but I completely agree with you. When I talk about my why, it's bigger than that. It is the impact that I can have on small business in Australia and globally and then the knock-on effect that that can then have. And, you know, you've talked about this a lot already, but you've made mention of the girls that you're supporting in India. Tell us a little bit about that because I'm really intrigued to know what you're doing there. Absolutely. So just to go back a little step, I've got two beautiful boys uh, and I was told after them because I had depression with the first one but severe depression uh, postnatal with the second son and I was told by the doctors you can't have another child and if if you can imagine when I grew up I wanted to be able to give the opportunities I'd missed out on to my own daughter. So being told by a medical professional I can't have another one, it would literally ruin me, uh, was just not something I was going to listen to. So I found a way. So we adopted our daughter from India when she was six days old. And and, uh, just turned 16. I didn't think it through. Fortunately now her foot size is bigger than mine so she can (laughs) no longer wear my shoes. Bonus. Uh, But... So when I realised that, you know, this little girl that we've brought into our life and she's ours, she was made for us in so many ways, 
There are so many others. So we found, we partnered with an amazing uh, facility in India outside of Delhi and uh, they, they bring in street girls uh, that are living in extreme poverty and their mother or father, sometimes they're, um, they're not orphaned, they do have one mother or father, but their father or mother might be earning 50 cents or a dollar a day. You can't afford to send a child to get education when you're earning that. That's rice money. So it's $60 a month and they have 1,500 girls that get picked up by buses if, the, if we've raised enough funds and the other people that raise or um, carts drawn by bulls and they get picked up and put in these cage carts and brought into school. They're fed three meals a day and educated and the money that gets put away, like we all put in $60 a month per child, they put some of that away because unfortunately when they get to marrying age of anywhere from 12 to 14, if there's not enough money there because it costs money to provide a dowry for these girls, the parents will take them out and sell their child uh, to whoever and uh, that child is no longer educated. So that was on my watch, that was not going to happen. So we work 11 months of the year for our business and family and then the 12th month we run a charity tour. So I've done a speaking tour. We did 3,500 kilometres in our caravan driving from the Gold Coast down to Wollongong all through the Blue Mountains and Bathurst and so on and all the money we raise each year goes to our girls in, in India. Oh, my and that's, gosh. That's through Project Rani. Blown away. I've got such shivers listening to that story as I'm sure our listeners will. And there's a little, I might slightly have moist eyes right now. Um, I just can't, I, you know, I can't fathom what it's like to grow up in, in, like those girls are and the experiences that you've had as well. Um, and what you're doing is phenomenal. So we'll make sure that in the show notes, there are some lovely links through to the work that you're doing, how people can support you. Just on that, and you, you know, what's great is that you've talked about it's like $60 a month. Like that's not, for many of us, we can afford that. I'm not making assumptions that everyone can, but the life-changing impact that has is huge. So do you, um, you're doing this one month a year in your business. Do your clients contribute to that? Or I, I get the sense that there's something bigger than just you with this as well. Yeah, look, we run, uh, we've run a charity uh, gala dinner. Uh, we always do different things with our products and services. So uh, if we launch, like we have these beautiful inspirational planners that are dankless and we sell those. So pretty much everything through our Y shop, me on our magazine website, uh, a percentage of that all goes through to Project Rani because you don't, <clears throat> sometimes we don't, um, we don't know how to help something when it's such a big problem yeah. but what people don't understand is that every dollar when you collect it over a period of time or five dollars all of a sudden that's sixty dollars all of a sudden that's one month off for a girl mm. off the street three meals a day uniform and education mm. and so don't look at the bigger problem just look at the little difference you can make so we're always attaching a project run and give back to our products that we sell through our Y shop always and we run charity events and we run an annual conference called Y Factor and there's always an element that goes back to Project Running. You're giving me lots of ideas because in Busy Business Women, we have this wonderful community of fabulous women. And when you just talk about that, just that $1 or that $5 can make such a difference. So thank you. I want to know so much more, but I also want to ask you a whole load of other stuff. So we'll keep going, but there will be links, ladies that are listening and watching in the show notes for you to go and check out more of what Charles doing and hopefully support her as well. So let's talk about YMAG. Okay. You've created something in a dying industry. I've worked 
worked with publishers for many years um, and have just watched that industry evolve. And I remember when you bought YMAG out, although when you, you mentioned to me earlier on that it was eight years ago, I kind of feel like it was just yesterday. It, to me, it feels like it's much newer than that. But you've taken a digital magazine and turned it into a print magazine and it's now sold nationally and also in, it's available in Qantas business lounges and luxury hotels. You've done that at a time where people like Lisa Messenger with The Collective were shutting up shop. You know, people aren't creating print magazines now. Everything's digital and people are moving away from that significantly. Why did you do that and how risky did it feel? Oh, it was crazy. There's no other way to say it. It was one of those 2 a.m., moments where entrepreneurs we have all lots of them like I don't know about you I think you and I are similar mm-hmm. I have a book called crazy 2am ideas <laughs> and when I wake up I write them in there and, and sometimes I'm like oh no, no not now Shah. that's a shiny object keep that one but yeah. this one just kept coming at me so YMAG started essentially when I was facing bankruptcy I knew that was not an option for me and it takes courage to go bankrupt. So I I kudos to anyone who can go down that path as well. I just decided that for me to be able to fundraise for our girls and have that integrity around it, I needed to pay off all of that debt. I needed to find a way how to do it. And it was a lot of money. So I went into a news agent and I started flicking through magazines. I said, right, I know if I can shift this, my mindset, everything will change. How do I pull myself out of this hole? So I went in and I flicked through magazine after magazine after magazine and what I saw after spending a few hours in there was one end of the spectrum was if it bleeds, it leads. If it's drama, if you've killed someone, you get every car. Or the celebrity end, which is all the beautiful. And celebrities are lovely. It's the way they're portrayed that's wrong. And they don't want half of the press that comes out about them because it's all rubbish. But Mm -hmm. that's that end. And then I started to think that, Surely, and we've been out of the country for eight years, and I sort of sat there and went, surely there's some great women in business in Australia that haven't done anything wrong and aren't a celebrity. Where are they in these magazine stands? And that's what gave me the idea to start the product. I thought, how hard could it be? (laughs) Famous last word. Uh, And it it went digital for four and a half years. Then our readers were contacting us saying, Shah, I love a good quality printed magazine. I want to sit down in naughty corner with a glass of wine and <laughs> something that's going to make me feel good. Not, oh, my bum's too big. I need to lose seven kilos by Friday. Wait, I'm happy should be the way I am. You know, it was contradicting. Yeah. And so they, they constantly were contacting me and I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll look into taking the digital product to print and see how that works. And then our readers crowdfunded us. And I always believe that if you're going to say to someone, I don't like shooting on anyone, but if I'm going to say I really feel that this is right for you, I'm going to then put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. So we, we crowdfunded. And women in Australia, some didn't even know me. They were putting $20 in, $40 in, and we crowdfunded and that's how we launched. So we took it to print in a time where... <clears throat> I disagree when people say print is dead, massively disagree, and I've got a blog on my LinkedIn about it. What women decided to do was vote with their feet, Faye. They Mm. decided to stop spending money on things that disempowered them. Mm. Women still enjoy a good quality magazine that makes them feel good, that makes them feel like they're not alone because the woman they're reading about, for example, if we profiled you, oh, she's just like me. She did this. It didn't work. This is what she did to fix it. They feel like, well, if she can do it, she's just like me, so could I. Yeah. And that's what they were craving for. So I think if you've got 
again, what I was saying before about my spa, I knew in my gut that expatriate women were lonely, living away from family and friends, husbands at work, kids are in private schools. What about them? What if I create this beautiful three-storey, 13-room sanctuary for them to do their treatments but have a coffee shop, have a nail spa with, with social desperate housewives playing on a TV show, <laughs> create it. If you know in here it's going to work, follow it. And oh, my God, transport me there now with a lovely wine <laughs> mag, please, and a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> or wine, as we like to say. Yes, exactly. uh, Just back yourself and, it, you know, find then find the people that can help you make that happen and believe in your vision and can give you the structure and guidelines. So it's been an interesting journey in eight years, but to get into Qantas Business Lounges, we're in first premium and business lounges, which is fantastic, uh, hotels as well. The women we profile, we only profile eight women per issue. We don't fill every page with an ad. We have mindset activities in there to help people work on themselves. It's not just a magazine. You actually have to do some work. You know, there's stuff you have to fill out. There's inspirational quotes. It's it's really something that you don't want to leave home without. Uh, it's something that you want to take with you and do the work on yourself. So it's follow yourself, back yourself. Exactly. And I love it because I've got to admit, up to the right of me right now is a whole load of magazines, The Collective, which, you know, that's been out of print for ages now, but they were beautiful magazines. I had that experience that you're talking about with, you know, I'd sit down, I'd read them from cover to cover. I've kept them, but they're the only magazines I've bought in so, so long because I was so sick of that feeling of the celebrity crap. I don't want to sit and absorb that. I kind of got older, wiser and realized I didn't need it in my life. And now I spend my time trying to cut that out of social media as well. So I love there is that you've, you've created something that is an experience um, and for those of those listeners on the podcast won't see, but Shah's been holding up a picture, a, a copy of YMAG, which is this beautiful, glossy, thick paper experience, right? It's not this cheap thing. So I love that you're doing that. Um, tell us more about getting into Qantas lounges. I mean, that sounds like a huge win. What's been the key to kind of getting that success and getting YMAG to not just pass one or two years, but to eight years, which is phenomenal? Thank you. Uh, okay, so there's a few questions there, Faith. Yes, yeah, the first sorry. one is how do we get into I know, no, that's okay. I love them. Uh, how do we get into the lounges? So I think the biggest thing and the reason of why we we finally got approved, it wasn't our first attempt, I must mm-hmm. add, uh, never give up, be consistent, be persistent, and the gold is so in the follow-up. Under, honestly, the amount of times I speak to clients and they, they might send a proposal out and then I'll, they'll jump on the weekly call and I'm like, how did it go? I haven't heard. So when did you follow up? How many times? I haven't. Okay. Good luck with that. The gold is in the follow-up. I know. And I'm like, do you think they're just sitting there waiting for your one email to come through so they can clear their desk and action it? You have to make your whatever it is an, a priority. And by following up and doing a little reminder, I have a three-step follow-up process. And after that, I give up. I, I don't give up. I sorry, I let it go because it's it's not meant to be. Mm. And then you turn into a stalker, which I don't want to do. <laughs> um, but I also feel that you can you can follow up three times without um, people go. If I follow up too much, I'm desperate. You're running a business without mm. a sale. There is no business. So uh, follow up three-step process and then leave it be. Uh, mm. But I, we followed up. 
And that's how we got in. And finally, I think because we'd been around for so long, they saw the reviews. I'm sure they checked out our social media. They see people taking the magazine with them. They see them holding it up at different places and how much they love on it. And they look at the quality of the person reading it, which is professional women. And I think they kindly went, yeah, it's finally time. We need something. And it's interesting when you look on the shelves in the Qantas lounges, it's a lot of male-dominated magazines or travel magazines. We're the only women's empowerment magazine that's not celebrity-based on the shelf. Yes. and and exactly and I just think keep going don't give up because they say no the first time I'm like oh it's no for now I never say it's Mm -hmm. no forever it's no for now uh the second part of your question remind me was oh how we've been going after eight years in the magazine space digital first it was pretty much we were just putting it out there hoping for a bit of traction staying in print for two and a half years a lot of people in the industry were literally saying behind my back she'll last six months the novelty aware of when her early adopters have finished supporting her she won't be around and we're heading for our third birthday issue in July the key to making that work is listening Mm. what our women want from us is no gossip, no lies, no diets, no crossword, no fashion, no recipes. They get all of that when they scan at the doctor's surgery waiting to take little Johnny in for his appointment. They get enough of that. What they wanted from us was for us to showcase what we call the unsung heroes, women in Australia that get up every day. They actually don't like to be profiled. I can't tell you how many women I've had on our cover who say to me, Shara, I just want to be in the background. I love what I do, but I don't really want to be on the cover of something. But then it's women like Angela, for example, who's a leadership trainer and she does equine therapy. Her work matters, literally changes the way companies lead. And she realised in our conversation that if she was the best kept secret, how could she empower and let others know about the great work she does. So when we remove ourselves and we don't make it an ego decision, I want to be on the cover of a magazine, I've never heard that. Mm. It's realising that if I'm on the cover, maybe I can shine a little bit of light onto me for a moment so they can learn what I do because then I can give that all back to them. And that's how we've stayed in the game so long in print while a lot of other big-name brands are closing, we're listening to our market. We have 9% of ads and the ads are the women we profile. They're not jewellery and watches and 10 different brands. And we only have one person in each industry category. You're not competing with 10 other coaches or 10 other whatever. It's just you. So ads, that's very powerful. Like that's just made me very excited because you, uh, you know, a lot of ads are full, a lot of magazines are full of expensive ads of things that I'm not going to buy. And, you know, they're pages and pages that you're flicking past. Uh, A couple of things I wanted to touch on that you talked about there. Firstly, um, talking about the lady that was on the, the uh, magazine that you just held up, the front cover, Angela, that ties in nicely with, you know, I talk to clients about, you've got to be out there. You've got to promote yourself. You've got to be able to talk about what you do. And if we're not doing that, we're doing the people that we can help a disservice because they don't know about us. I think a lot of business owners shy away from self-promotion. They feel like it's this, you know, look at me, ego-driven activity. Whereas 
if you don't do that and you don't have a sales and marketing team behind you to do it for you, no one's going to know about you. So I love that you're changing the shape of the way that those women in your magazine are thinking about promoting themselves because that's so important. And then the other thing I love that you talked about is follow-up. I rant on about that being my second most favorite F word. And I did a Facebook Live, I think it was last week on it, because the power is in the follow-up. And look at what the, the outcome that you've had from doing that, recognizing that just because it's a no now doesn't mean it's a no forever. And actually, my little seven-year-old daughter said to me the other day, we were talking about that she couldn't do something in school. And she said, I just can't do it yet, mum. And I thought, that's lovely. It's just the yet word. It's a, it's just not yes yet. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes more than three follow-ups, but the follow-up is magical. And when it comes to fruition, you're so pleased that you did it. So high five and congratulations to you because that's huge kudos to be sitting there in all of those fabulous lounges. And, uh, and also in a position where we don't have to read about men's magazines or travel. I'm very, very happy. Or Jennifer Aniston being pregnant for the 17th time. (laughs) Poor Jen. Oh, Jen. Jen, <laughs> oh gosh. Now, listen, I'm sure that our listeners and viewers are thinking that you are a confident lady, right? I watched a video of yours. I was saying to Shah listeners before we started today that I found myself down a rabbit hole yesterday of watching lots of her videos in the name of research, but eventually felt like I was stalking you, Shah. Uh, but I, I found myself watching one of your videos on your website and it, and you were talking about in, in the early days, your confidence was shot pieces. Now, I would imagine that that's the opposite to what most people perceive you as feeling. So how did you go about building the confidence you've got now to be an international speaker, to share your truth, you know, to take on the challenges and all those big audacious goals that you've done? Um, How did you build that up? Because I know for a lot of our listeners and my clients, confidence is a, a real challenge for them. I don't think there's one magic pill, Faye, and great question because people do see the, the the product in front of them at the time and they make an assessment. It's all, I hear it a lot, it's all right for you, Shah. They start the conversation, but I'm this. And I said, but how do you know that I'm not that before I wake up in the morning or when I'm getting ready or before I'm walking on a stage? We all are because we're in touch with who we are and who we were because it's us. So there's no one answer I think the biggest thing is and it's probably a maturity thing as I'm hitting 50 next year I think we get to a stage in our life and our business where we realize the biggest lesson was realizing I'm not meant for everyone Mm -hmm. and that's why I said at the start we're meant to impact the people in our world not the world and when we release the need to try and please and filter So social media has been my, Facebook has been my absolute friend for me building my beautiful community and all my friend connections and my tribe over, what, 10 odd years. And uh, I'm very select with who I friend and I go through every week and de-friend around 30 to 50 people to make way for people that are more suited to who I am and who I need and who they need. Mm. And I think it's important to do that as well. But you want to get to a point when you're about to post on social media, like when I share a photo of our our show and I've got, you know, Beyonce here from our (laughs) She Hive group because all these bees are going to start their rounds to first podcast show. She's super excited. I don't have to filter. 
what I'm about to post. Because if you're about to post something on social media and in your mind you're filtering, oh, but I wonder if my uncle's reading this or I wonder if my brother's going to comment or be as this, then you're, you're already worrying too much about other people and your, your truth is never going to come out because mm-hmm. you've filtered it before you've pressed post. So if you have that moment of, oh, I wonder, lose that judgment. That is not your business how they respond to the way you show up in the world. People think I'm too colourful, too loud, too cheeky. That's great because that's who I am. I'm just not their people. So don't, I put a post up the other day about don't dull your light so that other people feel confident. Pass them some sunnies and keep walking. Mm. I love that. Don't limit yourself. Yeah, I think um, you hit on so many important points there. I do think that this comes from a level of maturity. You know, I'm 45 and I'm probably the most confident I've, I am the most confident I've ever been because I do believe I'm not for everybody and that's okay. And I also think just tying it into very tangibly small business, niching is something that so many people struggle with because they want to try and be something to everyone. And I know we're talking about confidence here, but it's, you know, direct parallels with when you are, confident that what you sell, what you do, what you put, the service you provide is right for a certain set of people and it doesn't need to be great for everyone else. That really raises your bar in business and it raises your, um, your marketing and the voice that you have and how people understand you. And that in turn raises your level of confidence because then you're resonating with people. People like what you're doing. You know, I'm very happy to, you know, I, 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 some people love me, some people don't, and that's okay. But I didn't know feel that way take me back to my 20s and I'm sure I would have been repulsed by that statement like no I can't possibly feel that way I'm glad that I'm there now yeah look everyone wants validation we want to know we matter and we want to know that others accept us and I think when you receive a message which when you grow your business and your profile to a certain level you'll receive messages from people who don't get you and I think when you receive that message which I get not often but I get of course oh Shah who do you think you are you know you're uneducated you're this you wear so much color you you talk oh you know and when it when I read it now and I actually have empathy for them and I send it back to them energetically with love because they're coming from a place of pain that they feel that they can try and uh, try and pull others down as a, as a, a keyboard warrior mm-hmm. hiding behind their screen to pull someone down who's playing the game. If you think about a large football match, there's 30,000 people in the, order, in the stands, only 30 people playing the game. It's easy mm-hmm. for the people in the grandstand sitting there with their drink you know, in the, in the shade with a hat on to yell instructions to people who are mm-hmm. down on the ground doing the work. So I take feedback from people on the ground with me yeah. who are doing the work and have done it and playing the game and I happily receive it and I look and go, yeah, is there any truth in that? Do I need to shift anything? But from someone in the grandstand, I just delete, move on. Such a powerful analogy. I reckon a lot of cogs are turning as you said that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, uh, I'm conscious of time and you may have heard I'm a bit of a productivity ninja. So I do like to ask all my guests about their productivity. Now you sound like you're juggling a lot of balls. We talked before we started the podcast about how many different areas of your business you're running. What strategies do you use to manage your time well, to be more productive? What, What goes on in your day so you can get all of this wonderful work done? I think the biggest thing that I could share with everyone is I'm a visual, so picture a really big candle 
a really big, solid, thick, waxed candle and a flame at the top. If you look at that breakdown, your flame's about 10% and the candle and the wax is 90%. If you can draw a line down a sheet of paper and write flame on the top of one side and wax on the top of the other, write down everything that makes you feel litter excited, on fire, can't sleep, oh, my God, is it four hours since I started this task? I haven't even eaten or gone to the bathroom. They're all your flame things. And then right down the minute anyone says the word bass to me, <laughs> I feel like someone has imported me and put me inside the wax of the candle <laughs> and I cannot breathe and I feel the weight of the world. Write down all the things that weigh you down and then start to. Now, when you first start your business, if you're watching or listening to this, you do everything. Okay, Mm -hmm. there isn't an option because the budget isn't there to outsource. But also the biggest thing that you can do and being in starting and running so many businesses and and coaching my clients, you need to understand every element of your business. So do it for as long as you can. But the moment that you can get some income and profit in your business, outsource one by one every Mm -hmm. one of those wax items. You will probably still have to do about 20% of wax. But really, I believe we should live 90% of our time in our flame and outsource the wax and structure your day. I wag on a Friday afternoon and most of Friday now, actually, it's creeping in, don't tell my boss. And uh, I just like to have a bit of a precursor to a weekend because weekend for us is strict family time with grandkids and kids and our time and with our friends. And Mondays I never start doing anything serious until after lunch. So I plan my week, I get my team sorted, everyone knows what they're doing and then I go into my hive. My Tuesdays and my Thursdays are my big days where I do my podcast shows, do all the magazine phone calls. I make every magazine, we get 80 to 100 applications for our eight spots every quarter and I make every phone call myself. So structure your day, realise where your strength is. I personally don't believe sales should be done by anyone but the owner of the company because you have the passion, the vision, Mm. Uh, but outsource all the other things. That's how it works for me. Yeah, I completely agree. I think outsourcing, so many business owners think that that's something that is a pipe dream and it's years away for for them, or they just get so used to doing everything in their business, they forget that they should be thinking about outsourcing. Uh, But it doesn't need to be really big and expensive. It doesn't need to be taking on full-time staff. But like you say, that word bass also fills me with dread. Get someone else to do it. It's really quite inexpensive for most businesses and small businesses. And gosh, the weight of the world will be off your shoulders once you get someone else to do that completely and interestingly I've been doing the same so I am wagging on Fridays now I actually just booked some clients in this Friday because the the things are booming at the moment and that's okay it was my decision to do it but I'm also easing into Mondays I don't book clients in on Mondays but that's by design I didn't get I didn't get to do that from the very start and I reckon you probably didn't either but we've made a conscious decision to create our businesses around that way so I love that productivity tip and you know also the mindset that comes with that curate your business the way that you want to run it and don't just fill your hours just because everybody else is doing a nine to five or and plus some. All right. Now I reckon you have got a few lovely quotes and mantras because I know that they're in your magazine and I just get the gist that you'd have some powerful ones. So is there a particular quote or mantra that you could share with us that inspires you, Shah? 
Oh, look, I have a few. Uh, for our magazine, we, we have, you know, jewellery and products that all have the just, I've got even got a pillow, um, the just do you. I think that's the biggest one that I want to share with people is when you're thinking about making a decision, just do you. Just do what feels right for you. Don't try and factor in everyone else. Just do you. And if that works for you, if people say, why are you doing or you should do that? No, if it doesn't work, you don't do it just do you uh the second one is if not now when it's my favorite saying and I think we all know if we actually tap into our heart center we all know someone who who has passed away way before expected at a young age an accident anything could have happened and I'm a big believer when I have conversations for women and about stepping into profiling themselves I might wait for this to happen I might wait if you wait that opportunity could be gone you could be gone and the like I said earlier your soul's fingerprint your gift that you're meant to unwrap that goes with you so if not now when don't wait make it happen make a decision the universe always backs you up And Mark Twain has a beautiful quote, which I absolutely adore. The two most important days of your life are are when you were born and when you know why. And that, for me, just wraps up our whole talk today. I was going to say, like, how fitting for your business is that quote? (laughs) I love it. And my bestie says... Um, just do you. And uh, it really, really resonates with me and it's had quite a profound impact on me. So I love that that's a big part of your business and your life as well. Shah, it's been such a pleasure. I love your energy. You've given me so many golden nuggets. I feel like this has been really quite self-serving. Never mind about my listeners. I've had a thoroughly wonderful time, but I reckon that they've really, really enjoyed it too. So thank you so much for your time, your energy and for sharing with us. Is there anything that you want to leave us with before I let you go? Oh, thank you firstly, Faye, so much for the opportunity. I only ever speak for one person. So if you're that one, let Faye know what impacted you because that's why I get up every day. Uh, I just think if you're listening to this, please just know that, that you're amazing. Please don't let your past dictate your future. Don't let anyone who's placed any limiting beliefs on you look at what I was told because of my my stature at the time being an Indian girl uneducated and so on and look what I have achieved and I don't think I'm that great and I'm only just beginning what could you do if you found the right community to plug into that could help you so just go out there and be all you can be and that's the greatest gift you can give to me and to Faye and everyone else very inspiring words to leave us with I'm feeling pumped I'm going to go out and just rock it today thank you so listeners if you'd like to get in contact with Shah I'm pretty positive you will and follow the fabulous work that she's doing and support her all her details are conveniently in one wonderful place as always you can go to the show notes which are at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 55 you can also find Shah at shahmore.com.au and also ymag which is a y mag.com.au and Shah also has a fabulous freebie. She has a one hour client attraction masterclass. So you can just go to sharmore.com.au forward slash links hub. And there are a whole load of wonderful links there. So just head over to that. Uh, again, it'll be in the show notes and you can go and follow all of the great work that Shah's doing. 
So thank you so much for joining me today, Shah. Listeners and everyone watching on YouTube, really appreciate you being here. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to go and leave Shah and I some love over on iTunes, please. And if you'd like to hang out with me some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots more biz building goodness over at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in and watching today. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until the next time, I'm Faye Hollands and you've been listening to Shah Moore on the Busy Business Women podcast. 